scripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller, Holly O'Connor, and Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. And on the Miguel and Holly YouTube page as well. On yeah. the YouTube. Live right now. We're live on YouTube. Hey, girl. Um, on the YouTubes. I like to call it the YouTubes. Uh, I wanted to start off real quick with a really cool review we got on Apple Podcasts where you can always leave a review. It's much appreciated and it really helps us out when you, if you listen on there, a little five-star review or wherever you listen, Google Play. Uh, this is from Leah1988. She says, hi, Miguel, Holly, and Scotty. Hi. I tend to binge each, wait, I tend to episode binge your podcast. Mm. It makes for a very entertaining morning or afternoon of you all. Love you guys. Thanks for being honest and real. Oh, you're welcome. You. Then we have from Tire. I really love reading people's Apple Why you, usernames. You're like, what is this? Because it's like a, a lot. So it's all squished up together. Mm-hmm. Tired of this all bum crap. Album crap. Oh, tire of this. Oh, whatever. That's their name uh, from August 5th. And it says, <laughs> you guys have quality content, great personalities, and feel genuine. Ooh. Genuine. Great personalities. Thank you very much. We appreciate and that. That's so, yeah. why they pay us the big bucks. Yeah. A little bucks, girl. Uh, <laughs> not, that, not that big of bucks. No. Uh, that's great. Uh, so how is everybody? Pretty good. I have something I was thinking about. Oh, go ahead. And I don't. Well, this is not. I don't know if this is an on-air topic or not. But like, I emailed my kid's new teacher last like four days ago because mm-hmm. I had a question about something, and also it was my daughter's birthday yesterday. So um, I keep getting email notifications. Hold on. So because <clears throat> uh, I wanted to know, like, how do you bring in treats? For mm. your birthday, whatever. Yeah. She never got back to me. Oh. And then she, my daughter came, I, I sent her to school with treats anyway, yesterday. And then she came home with a note that said, happy birthday, Maya. But it was spelled wrong. And I'm like, what? What There's is going no on way. with this teacher? And I am trying to be like super, super patient because I understand the plight of teachers right now. Yes. And she's got a lot of kids in that class. But I'm also like, did the email not, like it never bounced back. Mm. It just, it doesn't Maybe just flooded with emails. great at this particular moment. So I'm not sure what to do. Just send another email and be like, can we? Because I, I feel like at this point, maybe I should have a sit down. Like, I couldn't make it to parent night. Oh. So I'm like, I, I want to make sure my kid is being, like, seen. Mm. I don't know. I would never want to be a teacher. <laughs> like, I, I like just listening to you, because I understand, because obviously... Your foremost concern is your daughter and right. making sure that she is taken care of. Yeah. But I've also dated a teacher in the past. And so I know that they don't get paid anything. And yeah. that's a job that you can't just cut off at 5 p.m. or what, you know, whatever time school is over. Right. There's so much more that you have to do. And so I can't imagine having to handle every situation with care. Like there might be 15 more uh, Hollies. Who's like, hey, are you paying attention to my child? Right. And yeah. obviously they're a teacher. And so that's their that's their job. That's what they're there to do. But like, at what point are you like, all right, I've got to grade this. I got to do lesson plans. 
And, like, I remember when I dated someone who was a teacher, like, they had to submit their lesson plans beforehand. And so they would spend the evenings working on, like, the the next day stuff that they would have to submit by a certain time. And so then by the time they got to, like, emails, like, from parents and stuff— it was like, when do I eat my dinner? I so that's why I'm like, well, I'm not gonna do anything right now. Right. I guess. Right. But at the same time, but then you how gotta long, make sure exactly. Like, but then it's like, eh, this is this is not on my kid. This is on me. Like, mm-hmm. how long do I? Like, that's why I have a, I'm having an issue because I'm like, what do I do? Mm. Like, I already emailed. Her name came back wrong, which I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But at right. the same, because it's still time, the beginning of the school year. Yeah, and you got a lot of kids, but also like, I don't know. I just don't know. So I'm gonna. I guess I'll just wait. So right. I did, that was just weighing on me because I'm like, I don't know what to do about that. It's just, it's a weird, delicate balance and like a dance that you have to do with your kid's teacher almost. Yeah. Like, I, think- I don't want to be nudgy, but I also want to make sure that things are going well. And she's learning, which I'm sure she is. So whatever. I think that would be a good, interesting, we should bring that up on the show um, to get teachers to call in um, when we go tomorrow or Friday show. Uh, we'll put that down on the schedule. Remember to write that down because I think that's that's interesting because I understand both perspectives. Right. And I feel like, but I feel like I've come with something like this before. Like yeah. last year when my kid was in a bad situation with another kid, like I just always have school questions. And but I don't it's want... not like a t- it's not like it's a one and done. Like I mean, right. That's she's something gonna, that every parent she's going to be in school for a while now. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's <laughs> something that every parent I would assume would would be worried about mm. is like how do you handle that and especially right now with the political war zone that politicians are making schools like a battleground about masks like i know uh, teachers have so much to deal with and i just i can't even imagine so i would be curious on what teachers would say about that yeah i i just don't know i think and for the time being i'm just gonna let it go and we'll see i mean i would like to i just feel like i'm bothering her so i don't want to be like i would like to meet with you because then she's gonna be like Mm. To meet with this bitch. Well, I mean, there's a way to think, phrase it. That's like, okay, whenever you know, in the next couple of weeks, let's just have a sit down. Since I wasn't able to come to parent teacher night, whatever it was, right, and actually set that up, just so you at least have a relationship. It doesn't have to be like, I want to meet with you, and then it's like, oh, why? Like, let's be friends. I don't, I don't care. Like, no, let's have a little meeting. Like, since I missed the first one, like, but I know you're busy. So, like, literally, whenever, like, I get it. Let's make it happen just the next couple of weeks. Yeah, God. maybe something. It's just always a tug of war with. I with- just- I would not want to be a teacher. I have a friend that's a teacher at a CrossFit, and she tells me, like, what are great stories coming from a teacher about victories. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was texting with one of my students and encouraging them to SATs or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the thought of, like, you trying to live your life and you have to, like, talk to your kids like that. Yeah. Like, to her, she loves it. Like, that is her life. Her life is to just see her students succeed. But me, as a horrible human being who, like, I when she told me that, and she was just like, I was so excited to see them succeed. But, yeah, but that's just not your forte. No. All I could think about was, oh, my God, you had to answer their text after work? Oh. Oh. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it's a (laughs) lot of work. So, anyway, that's that. That's all I got. I mean, I don't really, I mean, the only crazy thing in my life, I've had a lot of dreams that have, like, died recently, and I don't know what it means. I don't, like, I've had dreams where I got shot in the face. Okay, now I'm not. Okay. Hold on, please. I ha- Yeah, like, it's just, it's happening it a lot. Like, a, a lot. I've had some wicked dreams. Is, is it dreams. violent deaths, or yeah. it's just that you No, it's died. violent. It's like, I, like I, I had one literally where I got shot in the head. Oh, like, my God. Should we blank. call Stacy? No. So worker. No. 
This is more like a Lori Loewenberg, I feel like. Yeah, like it happens. It's happened over the past couple weeks, like numerous times. So I don't know like what that connects to my life because nothing in my life feels off right now. Everything kind of feels on, but it is like this is kind of like a weird period. So I don't know. Why do I keep having these dreams? That Being I'm dying? shot in the face. That was one. Wait, oh, see. Because I feel like the bullet may mean or the gun may mean something. For sure. Oh, my God. This one, this one. That I just found from May actually talks about from Lori Lohenberg. It's a oh. an article from The Cut. And, and by the way, before you read it, Holly, Lori Lohenberg is a dream analysis, analysis, or dream Anal- expert. Analyst. 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 And Analyla, um, who we've had on the air for years, and she is amazing at decoding dreams. And she's been on, like, Steve Harvey, Good Morning Kelly America. And Ryan. Uh, Kelly and Ryan. Ryan. Ago. Yeah, that's right. We were just in here. We were in here. I'm like, look at all up there right. and she's been on our show Doesn't she live around this area yes in the tampa bay mm-hmm. area she also does paintings like mm. pinup paintings on the side i love it um but yeah and so we're friends and so every now and then you know she'll come on our show and she's really good and so we've had a relationship with her for what years probably over 10 years yeah exactly because I mean, so- she's decoded some stuff because especially back in the day when we would have her on when we were with kramer yes and there were a couple of like behind the scenes scenarios that we would, like, have a dream, not know what it meant, have her on the air, and she would start decoding it on the air. And behind the scenes, we were like, no, 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 you're not. So we're not supposed to talk about that yet. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because you just don't know. Right. So we'd be like, yeah, girl, that sounds about right. So from her and, like, talking with her on so many occasions, I feel like I've kind of gotten a handle on, like, how not all of the intricate. She's good. But, right. like, I, I can understand how she works. Right, because there's usually, like, some, like, imagery you can take away. Like, you can tell that, like, I was in a house and this morphed into this, and she'll be like, all right, the house means something instead of, like, all the little details. So clearly we're looking at the gun and the bullet, I'm assuming, Holly? Um, No. No? No, I mean, I probably, but let me give you a more broad overview. Visual, the being shot in the head. But you know what? It's not, I don't think it's necessarily about the gun or the bullet. She might disagree, but it's the fact that it's violent. Like you're Ah, not dying peacefully, right? right, right, You're dying violently. Yeah. So this is so interesting that this article popped up. Okay, so this is a direct quote from Ms. Lori Lohenberg. Death in dreams is really about some kind of change or ending you're dealing with in your real life. The subconscious will show us this change in the form of a death so we can better understand the finality of it. We can let go of that which we no longer need so we can grow and embrace that which is coming. Then there's a bunch of different types of dreams about death that she lists. Like if you dream you're at a graveyard, if you dream that you die of a disease like COVID-19, if you see a dead body, scrolling, 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 if you die peacefully in your dream. That's not you. But basically it says that you're okay with the changes and you're going with the flow. If you die violently in your dream, Uh while dying peacefully indicates a welcome change, Lori Lohenberg explains that dying violently is the opposite. There's a change happening that you're resisting or you're afraid of the change that is going on. So a change is coming and the fact that it's a violent death in the dream is like maybe a big change and you're not ready. Oh, interesting. Scott, you're nervous and you're uh, resisting. You don't want it. Mm. You don't necessarily want it um, or you're afraid of it. I know what it is. Do you? I do. Oh, do you? I don't know. You're moving out from me. I do think that is part. Like that and might you're be a little bit. Me. Well, okay. Let's you're not, going let's, to okay, miss pushing it. my hugs, my smell, my essence. Okay. We're definitely Wait a pushing second. It now. Before you get in, more into that. 
Do you know who's killing you? No, like I do. The you one know. that I had, like I got shot in the face. There was this whole scenario where it was like, I was with this like family. I guess they were friends of mine. And I was with my friend and his dad. They invited me over to a dinner, and all of a sudden it was like, I don't know how it turned, but they were like demon worshippers, and like they were summoning demons, and like the friend I guess like got out, and like I was trying to find find the friend, and I finally got, and he was like, "You're good, like you're good, I got you." And the next thing you know, he's like, ah, "Like, J.K." Bam! Like shoots me in the face. So it was like, and uh, I remember like two faced, like a double sided, like yeah. And I remember like realizing, like I was like, "Oh my god, I'm dead." And like there was a moment where I was like, "Is this what it's like?" And then I woke up and I was like, oh, "What the hell?" But it's mm. ha- I can't remember the other ones. I wrote that one down on my phone. I usually take notes about my dreams because they're yeah. freaking wild. But that was the one that I was like, "What the hell?" Um. So would you say it wasn't a stranger? It was, or was it? I can't. I. Can't tell you who it was right now. Like, I don't know who the person was, but I could tell you that in the dream, it was like a friend. Like, I knew it was like a friend that I went to for, like, safety, and I was hiding around this house with him. And then as soon as I thought everything was okay, I looked over, and then bam. Okay. Dead. Well, basically it says, if someone you know and are close to is trying to kill you, then you're probably, then they are probably urging you to make a change that you are resistant to. Whoa. Like someone that you know is. Mm. Because if it's a stranger, if it's not an actual person you know, then this stranger is going to represent a part of yourself or it can represent the forces at work that are making this change happen. For example, like if you have a stranger killing you dream, you ask yourself, am I feeling pressure to change? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of changes about to happen. Like the big move is like that's going to be a lot, you know, like getting a, a renting a house, an apartment with a new friend and Moving out, like, that's new after two years. Like, this will be my first place. That's a big change. Out of, you know, like, college. I was just in the college apartment. And then Miguel, that found it, that was an easy transition. And this will be a new, whole new, like, adult chapter. And then, I don't know. We're, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, one big change. But I can't think of anything else beside that. There's just been continuous change. So Actually, it's kind of been, like, changed the entire year. Yeah. Been- so I think I'm just trying to scan the rest of the article to see, like, what the takeaway Just to think about the changes you might be going through in your life. If you're dreaming of your own death, um, you feel possible fear and grief. The emotions in the dream are very, very real. So if you wake up thinking, am I seeing the future? You're not. It's just what change or ending is happening in my life Mm. right now. Okay. That's that's interesting. That is actually very interesting. What makes you nervous about moving in with your friends? I don't think nervous. I'm I'm excited for it. It's just like... I think the biggest thing, it's like, it's just everything's a headache right now. There's so much to, like, work around and plan and get ready for. And I just, the biggest problem I'm having with everything in my life right now is I can't get my feet settled anywhere. Like, Mm. not even just, like, a living situation, but just it's been like, okay, we move out. All right, got to do this. Changes with the company. I don't know. Changes in life. And just no steadiness. You feel like you don't have an anchor. I don't have any anchor right now. Of course you feel, like, all adrift and things are ending Various things are ending, and the future is always unknown, but there's so many unknowns right now. Yeah. And it feels like, probably to you, it feels very sudden, and Mm. it's not like you signed up for all of these changes. You're just like, okay, this is being dealt to me suddenly, a.k.a. death violently in the dream. Mm. So it's hard to... You ever see... Still seeing your therapist? I'm not actually. Well, okay. This might be a good time to make a little call yeah. back. Yeah. It's, I think I need to find a new therapist. Like, and just it's just hard right now. Like, because we do the phone thing, and it's just 
I got off the route because there's a lot of homework assignments I needed to do with it. But that was part of the change is because when I got assigned these things, like we didn't have a permanent address, so I had it sent to my dad. My dad had it sent to me. We're in the middle of a move, so I had to pack it up. So it's in a box and it's away. And the last conversation I had with my therapist was like, well, whenever you start this, then give me a call back. Mm. And I haven't started it yet. <laughs> you were like, well, it'll like, be a couple years. That's exactly what, <laughs> but also at the same time, I was like, you know, I feel really okay. Like, you know, I guess after this whole conversation, I don't. <laughs> You're not okay. But that was the biggest problem with like those sessions though. It's like, okay, we didn't really get a lot accomplished in the conversation. It was like, go home and do this. And I was like, ah, I don't. I know yeah. I won't. Like, I have other things. Like, That's my life one is type not steady. Of, one type of therapy. Maybe, yeah, you need less intensive on the outside. Although, that would probably would be a great... I would love to do some exercises. Sometimes I wish my therapist would give me exercises. Yeah, I guess it's, like, the middle ground. Like, I want somebody to, like, talk to me and, like, mm-hmm. with that hour, like, use it to, like, just hit me with that knowledge. Like, talk me through things. And we do, but it's just more so, you know... Yeah. In the time period when I was seeing her, I was doing really well mentally. Yeah. And I still am. It's just, it's again, it's that unsteady change where that was part of it. Where it's like, okay, as soon as I get a place and I could set my life up again and, like, feel settled, I'll start working on this again. But until then, like... I don't think that's it, how it works. Yeah. I think it's like it, it now would be, like, the time when you need it most because you're unsettled. Yeah. And to help you navigate, you know, all the changes that your life is about to go through. And I, I feel partly responsible since we had to, like, yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, you know what? F you, Miguel. I know. <laughs> you sorry. shot him in the face, you like, Satan worshiper. Literally, I am. Like, 666. Like, I'm sorry. I feel so bad right now. Like, you I demon. shot you in the face. You I de- am. Get out of here, Satan. Right? Go just sit on attack. Literally, just call me Demetrius. No. Like, fuck. I'm horrible. I'm an evil human. I'm the archangel. Like, fuck. No. Um, well, because, like, we sold the no. house. And then, like, we weren't planning on selling like we were talking about it and we're like well maybe in the fall we'll wait and we're like well we got contract stuff coming up so i'm not sure if we should that should be what we should be doing right now and so but then it was like things were just too good and the prices for selling were just it was like life-changing money that it was like we've got to do this there are so many things that we can fix with this we just had to do it and so then it literally sent everything into chaos in a matter of weeks Whereas, like, you know, if we were hoping to have time to be able to be like, all right, well, we're going to slowly, casually put it on the market, slowly get <laughs> it together. Quick. And then it was like the beginning of June. Go, go, go. And we had to sell everything. And there's more to the story that we'll be able to tell, you know, in the future. But right now I can't. There's a lot of moving pieces. Absolutely. And so there's so, God, this has been the hardest part is, like, not being able to, like, to have to, like, cherry pick some of the stuff. And that's another thing, too, because I think all three of us use the show and the podcast as part of our own therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I am very familiar with you, the, like, the one thing you want to talk about most, you mm-hmm. cannot. Right. And I think it was Maya Angelou who said, like, there's no greater pain than an untold story. Yes. And since uh... we use this so much as that, mm-hmm. like, there are there are things going on that we can't talk about. Right. Um, out of various reasons. Mm-hmm. And that sucks even more because then it's like, well, our job is to share. But then when you're told you can't share certain things, then you're like, it's the only thing you want to talk about. Right. Right. And then everything else doesn't even seem as important until it grows and grows and grows. Mm -hmm. And you're like, blah, 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 blah. And so then you're being shot in the face by your devil, Miguel. Correct. So I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah, I don't, again, I'm not blaming you for it. Again, I just, I look forward to, and that's why there's a, a serious time period where I was really considering. Side the market, like looking into buying a house because I want a place where I could like, like sit and anchor and like lock in stuff and have like my own workspace and start working on side projects. But the hardest thing right now is like, 
I don't want to get too comfortable because then, you know, know a month of moving out. And the plight of the 20-something, isn't it? Like, I, I, mean, I understand because you can't, it's hard to get anchored down. There's no footing. So it's very weird right now. But. It's it's interesting you say that because I don't identify with that because of how I grew up. And then in my 20s, it was like even more intense where yeah. the five years that Holly and I lived together, those first three years, we moved every year. Yeah. Like every Exhausting. single year we every moved year. to a new spot. You ever see like, you know, one of those security questions that like various websites oh, ask you. Oh my and God. Like, Which address is right? I'm like, I don't even know. There is a lot of addresses. <laughs> like Ollie, so think about when you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk while you think about this. Okay. Think about the fir- Royal Hunt. That was the first address you had in Panama City. Correct. That I lived with you. And yeah. How many addresses have you had since your current address? Since, think about that. Since Royal Hunt. Since Royal Hunt. Well, yeah. I should go back to Finley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. I know. I, I want to so say since you've been in Florida. Oh, since okay. Like just Florida. So since 2007, how many addresses? Right, hold on. Let me think about this. Had? Hold on. But th- but so I I get I can. Uh, empathize with you, Scott, on that, but I can't identify because I feel like that has been such a hall- hallmark of my life. Yeah. Of just, like, going from place to place to place and that it's sort of like that old saying that if you wait to do stuff, then you'll be waiting forever. And so you just have to, like, make the jump no matter what you're doing. Yeah. But- I mean, that's how it's been, though. Like, I've every year since call, except, like, the longest time period has been living with you, Miguel. Like, that has been my longest time period since I moved to Tampa in 2015. Mm. Like, that has been it. Because every year it was either it was from a dorm mm-hmm. to another dorm to right. the fraternity house to an apartment to another apartment to you and now to another house. And I'm like... To my bosom. And usually I could do okay. It's just right now I knew it was such a small time period where I'm like, okay, what what do I set up here? Like, right. What is going to make me feel okay? And it's it's a smaller area, so I feel very cluttered. And I know that clutteredness, it, it just adds stress to your life. And so. Well, and you know, I also think to add to it, how you grow up, I think also has something to do with it because you grew up in that house with your parents in Vero Beach for like how long were y'all in the house? Since I was seven. So I mean. Right. So you went from seven to 18 yeah. in the same space. Yeah. And so I can understand how that would be hard to like not feel like you don't have an anchor when it's like every time you look around, your 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 things are gone. Your things are missing. They're in this spot and that spot. And the people are different. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, by the way, I found out it was seven. Seven places seven in, what, 13 years? Yeah. Which wow. m- works out to like about, you know, every, every two year. years. Ugh. Every two years. But That's some still were a lot. shorter and some were longer. So right. it, it just depends. Um, but what I was going to say too is that I grew up, I went to the same school system the whole time. Like we did move. I had, you know, a house when I was a little, little girl. Then I had a house from like four until 12. And then I had a house from like 12 until 18. But it was all within the same school system. My parents were all still in the same area. Like, Oh, wow. So you started, like, in the feeder elementary, middle, and then to the high school. Yeah, like, I went to Nordonia the entire time. Wow. Oh, wow. The whole time. That's incredible. Well, now, didn't, didn't you, Scott? No. Yeah. Like, I mean, no. We didn't have the same. Like, it was all. It wasn't all in one school. school. Oh. I didn't either. No, no, no. I'm but just, the like. the school district. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, you, the same kids. Like, when you're yes. like when you're in kindergarten, you know that you're going to be a, yeah. a, a Mustang, yeah. you know, when you go to high school. Like, yeah. It Did it work like that for you, Scott? Same thing. Well, I mean, I moved after, like, second grade, so that's when we went to Vero, and it was like, from there on, kind of, yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
So I had that whole thing, and then there was, like, some, you know, various moves around. And so my early 20s were a lot like you because it was very, like, upheaval. But then I found Miguel. Then Miguel was, like, my anchor for a very long time, which is weird. And I I know this sounds terrible, but, like, I was also married in that time. But I felt like Miguel was, like, my soul connection. Mm. So then when Miguel left, I went onto this. I It was bad. I had Lost a, it. I had a bad psychological downward spiral Mm. and I was pregnant at the time which those hormones did not help anything like the hormones made me crazy so yeah and then you don't feel and then uh, there was no job and there was like a lot going on so with both people you know because Miguel has been sort of your anchor since you graduated college and you've navigated through a lot of really tragic life events Miguel's been there and so has that house Mm. and now it's like Miguel's not going to be there the Mm. house is not there anymore already so you're like Ah! I'm in the ocean again. Yeah. Swimming, waiting for another anchor. Oh, my anchor. God. I feel awful. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No, I'm fine. You just I just dream people. about dying. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. No, but I mean, I, you know, it's really. <sighs> because you never had it. You don't realize how important it is. Right. But you've been that person for several people, and no one's blaming you. I know, right. Scott, we're joking, but he's yeah, not. Yeah. No one's blaming you, but. You think about it in terms of like, well, I'm just me, and now it's just me and Abe. But it's so much more than that. I mean, because remember on the air we talked about that, how my mom called me the other day, and she was like half joking, half serious. Mm -hmm. And I told the story that my mom saw on social media that I was in Chicago for morning show boot camp, and she was like, you didn't tell me you were going to Chicago. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I don't remember, like, last time we spoke, you know, you were talking about other stuff, and I felt like, I'm going to Chicago, girl, hey. When you're like, F this, F this, my all this stuff is going on in your life. Yeah. I don't want to then be like, getting on a plane, going to different city, hey, girl. <laughs> and she was like, I hate that I don't know about stuff from your life anymore. We used to talk all the time, and I used to always know. Yeah. And she's like, now I feel like since you have obviously formed a partnership with Abe, he obviously knows everything that you do, but I don't. I have to learn about it through social media. Yeah. And I was like, and you know, I think a lot of this comes from as I'm hearing you, Holly, say this and Scott say this, and as we're putting all these pieces together, is I think since I never felt like I had that growing up, mm-hmm. it's something that I've always wanted to have. And so I think that I like em- emit that emotion to people in that warmth in that blanket and I feel like that's why I you know every city I've lived in <clears throat> I always like a mass like a group of people that I just feel very comfortable with and that we do all these things together and literally every city that I've moved away from it just like everyone like separates oh wow and everyone always says and I hate saying this making it seem like look at me mm. but like I'm just the person that I never had that cohesive group yeah so, like, when you talk about Holly, you went through uh, kindergarten all the way through high school, and you were there, Scott, from, what, second grade all the way through high school. I never had that. Like, I was in Atlanta until, uh, kin- no, first grade, then uh, first grade through third grade, I was in one school in Denver, then we moved to a different area, then I was in a different school from third grade through sixth grade, and then the really, really hard part for me was when we moved from Denver to Atlanta, my grandma had a stroke in 97 in the summer and we moved or we visited just to like check on her and make sure she was okay. I remember it was July of 2000 or 1997 
And three days later, once we realized my grandmother didn't have any mobility in her right side of her body, she was paralyzed that we were moving to Atlanta. But, like, I never got to go back to Denver to say bye to my friends. Yeah. And so that was, like, the, like, don't ever do that. (laughs) Like, don't ever do that. And, like, and I, I feel... We didn't understand psychology like we did now. Yeah. And my mom, as a single parent who didn't have any money, um, there just wasn't money to then, like, go back and then come back and move in, and then have a 6- or 11-year-old child with you the whole time. So I understand why she did it. But psychologically, like, that was probably one of the toughest things I went through mm-hmm. is because I was devastated. Yeah. I mean, it was so psychologically just damaging for me to make that move and just not have not be able to say bye to anybody when we were like you know i i remember that summer like being with my friends and like we're going to the seventh grade and we had all these plans like there was this girl helen and we were gonna like do the 90210 thing and like try to get condoms in our uh um high school when we got there and we were like gonna start making plans for it and run for student council and oh my then all of a sudden it's just gone like that yeah and so i think because i never had that i've tried to create that unknowingly everywhere I go. Yes, but, and this is why I think we got along so well right from the get-go, is because we are both, like, almost codependent people pleasers. Right. And so you wanted to create that, but there's this vibe that you also give give out. And I'm not saying that any this is bad or good. It just is. It's just that you almost, and not so much anymore maybe, but you needed to be taken care of. Yes. Because you weren't. Right. And so that sometimes will manifest itself into taking care of others in the hopes that they take care of you back. Mm. So the two of us were like that same person of Absolutely. like, take care of me, and but just in I'll just ways. take care of you. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's why we always were like, well, we're like the same, but we are, but we're not. Right. And so that's, I think, what was so, like when you leave, then people don't feel that connection with the others in your group because they have such a strong connection to you and they just kind of tolerate the other people in the group. Not always. I'm just blanketing. Oh, right. No, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm it's seeing so that. So like you, they like you because you take care of them, but they also feel this pull to sort of take care of you too. So like when you leave, I think if they really sat and thought about it, most of the people in the times that you've left places feel like an emptiness because they feel like they mm. miss that, you know, person. You are a person that you've become to people, but they also feel like your mom does right now. Right. Because you leave. Right. And that's okay. No one, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying we're left with like this sort of like, well, I guess, guess that, I guess, guess he doesn't need me anymore. Mm. You have to like figure out what that means to your life. Right. Wow. That's, That's my thoughts. That's interesting. And I totally understand that and get that. And I do think that it has changed as I've gotten older. Yeah. And as I've, you know, understood myself, but I do see it a lot with Abe and I when we are making decisions together and like he knows me obviously really, really well. And so he knows if we're making some big decisions about whatever life stuff we're doing and he instantly knows if it's something I won't get. And then he'll swoop in and be like, all right, so Miguel, what they're trying to say is yada, yada, yada or Something that he knows that I won't know how to do that I'll probably put off. Like, he'll just swoop in and do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely, definitely see that. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. When you start therapy, you can talk about that. Yeah. Actually, but anyway, that kind of relates to back to Scott. Scott being shot in the head. Feeling <laughs> shot in the head. Wow. All that 
for being shot in the head. Listen, I'm a- I've had crazy dreams lately, like crazy. That's just one of them. But that's because your life is in a bit of upheaval right now. That's I mean, look at look how much upheaval your life is in right now. Between the move and your girlfriend and her parents just hanging out all of a sudden, and then like you don't know what's going to happen. Literally two months from now, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. So. You're in the mid. You're like floating in the ocean. During the day, you're probably like, "This is fine. Everything's fine." But at night, you're like, "Well, now I'm shot in the face." Yeah, a little bit shot in the face in the dreams. It's fine though. I feel great. So that's good. <laughs> Do you want me to put you in my bosom before you move out? No, I'm okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean the chicken parm was good. If you can make that again, I think that's more like a nice bosom. Mm. You sure? Okay, I'll put you in my chicken parm titty. <laughs> chicken parm titty. All right. That's it for today. <laughs> Scott being shot in the face. <laughs> Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin. S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Or how you could just say Miguel is a house. Yeah. Yeah. Miguel is a house. Holly, what's your social media? Until he leaves you. Oh. He wrecks it. Or just say Miguel is the devil. Scott's shot in the face and Miguel is the devil. Join us for the latest episode. Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. I like that. I'm that <laughs> Mine is Miguel Fuller. You can find me everywhere. And if you want to be part of the Platypus Posse, I got lots of stickers to give away and just bought a fresh batch. Shoot me an email with your uh, name and address, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. And please, 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 please leave us a review on wherever you are listening. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Oh! What? If you've never listened to our live show, you're going to want to listen. Monday, August 23rd at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That is true. Okay? Okay. So this is for everybody. I'm excited. Even if you don't, even if you don't live in Tampa Bay, this could still affect you. Wow! Really? Yeah. Monday yeah. morning, seven thirty, okay. August twenty third, twenty twenty one. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>